Hello and uh, welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. Um, as ever, I'm Bruce and we're doing something a little bit different uh, today in reaction to the Blackpool fixture in the FA Cup. I'm live on YouTube. Um, of course, big hello to those of you who are tuned in and watching us live at the moment. And of course, a hello to those of you who will be listening later on uh, via YouTube or SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever it is. Sorry that you like to listen from. Um, just trying to expand our horizons a little bit. Um, so I thought I'd do a live video. I was watching the game at home today. Um, I wasn't there. So, you know, it's easy to to jump on, isn't it? As soon as the game finishes in, in this sort of scenario. So let's do it. So let's have a quick look um, at the team that Unai Emery went with. Um, Petr Cech in goal, Carl Jenkinson at right back, Stefan Licksteiner had to come in at centre-back for Laurent Koscielny, who sustained a back injury in the warm-up, and that was somewhat worrying. Um, I must admit, when I saw the pictures on the TV and they were talking about Laurent Koscielny coming off um, off the pitch and walking away and saying he couldn't continue, my first thought was, oh no, not the Achilles again. So a part of me was glad to see that it was a back problem um, and not that dreaded Achilles injury. So hopefully he'll be back ASAP. Um, I don't think he's quite up to it anymore, but that's besides the point right now, isn't it? We're, we're struggling with injuries, so you want to have as many players fit as possible at, at any one time, of course. Uh, so that meant Stefan Licksteiner came in and played at centre-back alongside Socrates with Sergei Kolasinac at left-back. You then had Aaron Ramsey, Mohamed Elneny um, taking up the midfield positions with Alex Iwobi, Joe Willock, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, uh, and then, of course, Eddie Enketia leading the line. Now, what Unai Emery did do this time around, uh, which Arsene Wenger didn't do last season during that embarrassing defeat that we suffered down at Nottingham Forest, he left some power on the bench, didn't he? He, he gave us some options um, that we could call upon if things went badly. So fortunately, you know, Alexander Lacazette um, was on the bench. So was Lucas Torreira, as was uh, Matteo Guendouzi. And of course, uh, Bukayo Saka, the young 17-year-old. And I must admit, he's a player I'd have liked to have seen from the beginning today. But uh, equally, I understand why Unai Emery uh, was reluctant to do that. Um, you know, Blackpool, for all their problems at the moment, they're still at... Um, a League One side and playing at home, you know, put it this way, stranger things have happened in the FA Cup, haven't they? Um, I guess that's the the uh, easiest way of putting it. Now, talking about Blackpool, they've, they've got some problems of their own, haven't they? They've got an ongoing dispute um, between the fans and the ownership of the club, the chairman. And as a result, most of them didn't turn up, which is a real shame. Because when you think about it, the FA Cup third round, um, you know, always coughs up lots of these magnificent ties for the lower league clubs. It's a big payday um, for them. It's a, a, a chance to get back in the public eye. It's a chance to uh, test themselves against the country's best. And unfortunately for Blackpool, that was somewhat spoiled, wasn't it, by the fact that there were more Arsenal fans there. And, and you know, you've got to commend our support, I think, about... 5,000 of them went up to Blackpool, um, but there was only around about 3,000 of their own. And, and that's a real shame from their point of view. You know, I saw some of the talk in the pre-match build-up about Blackpool players having to take their own kits home and wash them and things like that. So, you know, things are really bad there. 
Um, I know that sounds silly. It sounds a silly thing to pick on, but that just goes to show, you know, a League One club are really, really struggling and, and they're convinced that obviously the ownership and the chairman or, or whatever it is, is is clearing them out for money. He's running the club for his own benefits. And it's a real shame, really sad to see that happening at any football club. And, you know, it makes you think, doesn't it? We complain about Stan Kroenke only spending £50 million on a striker. Well, there's clubs like Blackpool at the moment who were previously of the Premier League parish and now find themselves in League One in this despicable situation. You know, their players come out on the pitch for what's probably the biggest game of their season against the mighty Arsenal and there's no one there to see it. Um, you know, so obviously those fans must feel really strongly about that. And I saw some letters actually um, that the Blackpool fans were handing out to people to try and get them to understand their situation Quite a few Arsenal fans got hold of those and a few of them posted them on social media. Uh, if you haven't already seen that, have a little search on Twitter. You'll see it. It's quite a, an interesting letter. Um, they talk about an ethical protest. And, and you know, if that's how they feel, then that's how they feel. And, and it's got to be pretty bad, hasn't it, for them to miss a game like today. So I've already talked about Lauren Koscielny picking up that back injury. Um, and obviously, as a result, Carl Jenkinson came into the side with uh, Lichtsteiner moving to centre-back. So, you know, given the fact that Medley was on the bench and a lot of you have called for Medley to play in the Europa League and, and stuff. So for, for people to call for Medley to play, it kind of makes me think that maybe this guy's got something about him. I don't watch much of the reserves. I don't watch much of the under-23s or any of that checker trade trophy stuff, if I'm being completely honest. So for me to say I know a lot about Zach Medley, I'd be lying. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but what I will say is the fact that Kashoni got injured the way he did and that we had to shuffle our defense around and Unai Emery still preferred to move Stefan Licksteiner in there and bring Jenkinson on. Does that show a lack of faith in the youngster? Um, perhaps Unai Emery doesn't feel he is as far down the progress line as some of our supporters would like to believe. You know, Unai Emery watches him day in, day out. So that's fair. Um, if that's how he feels, then then I guess we have to accept that and we have to trust in the manager to, to make the right decision. Um, now, I've spoken quite a bit about Blackpool and their supporters and it was a bit of a weird atmosphere, wasn't it? It was a very eerie atmosphere. I've spoken to a couple of mates who were there um, and they're telling me, you know, it was really strange to go to a ground and outnumber the home support the way we did and look around the ground uh, and and to see it sort of two thirds empty just was was unusual, strange. Um, so uh, you know, it, it would have had an effect on Blackpool, um, I guess. But others would say, you know, probably they're used to this now. It's been going on for quite some time, hasn't it? Um, and, and they, I guess, they just got to get on with it. But still, strange. It's something I can't quite get my head around. That's why I keep rambling on about it. Now, obviously, the game began and Eddie Nketiah, he missed a wonderful chance. He was put through on goal. Um, I think he took it under control and then he had a shot with his left foot early on, didn't he, into the side netting. And you just feel like, you know, people talk about Eddie Nketiah as having this really bright future. And again, I don't watch much of the youth team, much of the under 23s, and I know his record is pretty good, but you've got to be taking your opportunities in the first team. These are the type of games that young players make names for themselves, that young players, um, you know, 
give the manager something to think about. He's been given an opportunity today to start up front, um, you know, and, and those opportunities will be few and far between at Arsenal because we've got some top quality strikers in the form of Alexander Lacazette and, of course, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. So, Eddie Nketiah really, really needs to take those chances. And I was really disappointed to see him miss that first one. Then, of course, Blackpool had a, a little bit of a go at us and um, they, their centre-forward, Nonyale, I think that's how you say his name, can't remember. Might have got that completely wrong, so apologies if I have. But he sort of picked up the ball, didn't he, on the edge of our box and he was allowed to turn. He was allowed to dribble into the penalty area unchallenged. And Stefan Licksteiner just kept backing off of him. And for me, that's worrying. You know, Stefan Licksteiner just isn't good enough. And, 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 you know, I know he's got pedigree and I know, you know, he done wonderful things with Juventus. And I was actually talking to uh, Italian football writer Adam Digby earlier for the Simply Serie A podcast. And he was speaking about how we should not forget what a great servant Licksteiner was to Juventus and how good he was. But unfortunately, he's a player that's come to the end, isn't he? And and that is really showing whether that's him uh, playing at right back or playing at centre back. For me, he just doesn't look right and, and he doesn't seem good enough. And, you know, there's only so far shithousery will carry you um, and then you'll be exposed. And for me, the more I watch Stefan Licksteiner, the more I think he's not good enough for this team. Interestingly, um, when you look at the way Unai Emery demands uh, sort of so much work from his fullbacks and that up and down constantly and the pace and the power. You could argue, and, and I'm probably going to get shot down for this, that at times, Carl Jenkinson is maybe a better option at right wing back to cover for Hector Bellerin than Stefan Lichsteiner. Now, I, I don't particularly rate Carl Jenkinson. I think he's shit, if I'm being honest. But, you know, he got forward today, created a goal, didn't he? And also, he's much superior when it comes to fitness. And I just wonder whether it's worth trading Licksteiner's experience for Jenkinson's uh, physical capabilities. I'm not sure. I'd like to hear what you guys think on that one. You can tweet me at chronicles underscore AFC, or of course, you can email uh, chroniclesafc at gmail.com, whichever method you prefer. But I'd like to hear from you on that. I'd be interested to know how many of you would like to see Carl Jenkinson get given an opportunity Um because of his physical attributes over Stefan Licksteiner at times. So uh, I'll leave that one with you guys. Um, then another opportunity came, didn't it? Brilliant work again from Arsenal and Ainsley Maitland-Niles unselfishly squared the ball to Eddie Nketiah. And once again, he failed to hit the target, this time from six yards out. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you've got to score there, son. You, you really have got to do the business. You've been given the opportunity Um you know, you're not going to get many of those over the course of a season and you've got to take them. You've got to give Unai Emery something to think about. You've got to give Unai Emery something to work with. And I was really, really disappointed with uh, Eddie Nketiah at that point. Then, of course, came the opener. Um, I think it was Nketiah actually that won the foul uh, just outside the penalty area. Aaron Ramsey put the ball down, took the free kick and it deflected onto the post um, and and Willock was the first to react and headed home. He headed home, sorry, and kind of showed Eddie Nketiah how to finish like a striker. Um, you know, he showed a good instinct there to, to be alert, be on his toes. And I know he was slightly fortunate that it deflected into his path, but 
you've got to be there, haven't you, as a, as a forward player. You've got to sniff the danger. You've got to be sharp and you've got to react first. And that's what Willick did. Um, and ultimately, you know, he, he done the business and got his second goal of the season. He has already scored this season, remember, in the Europa League. So uh, fair play to Willock. Now, after that, you know, Arsenal were cutting Blackpool open at will. Um, Jenkinson himself had a real good chance to score. I think it was an Alex Iwobi cross towards the far post. And he was there and he just kind of tried to guide the header back across the six-yard box. And I'm just thinking to myself, head it directly on the goal. You know, you're about two yards out. You know, you, you can't really miss from there. So I was really disappointed to see Jenkinson not go for goal there. He tried to be unselfish and it kind of blew up in his face. Uh, so yeah, uh, disappointing again, but you know, I, I'm being, it sounds like I'm being negative, but I'm not, I'm, I'm just being, what's the word? I, I'm being picky because I want to see the best from Arsenal. Um, and you know, a lot of the time that can be misconstrued for negativity, but that's not the case as an Arsenal fan. You want to see the best from your team, don't you? And, um, for me, that's really important. And, and so when I'm calling out these things, I'm not, criticizing the players i'm not saying they should be axed or i want the manager gone i'm just talking about you know things that we can improve on it's constructive criticism and then of course uh just after the half an hour mark i think it was around about the 36th minute 35th minute off the top of my head willett grabbed his second of the evening um there was a lovely ball played to alex iwobi he took the ball down brilliantly there was a bit of a a hint of a handball there. Um, I think he took the ball on his knee and it kind of cannoned up onto his arm. Don't think it was intentional, but it certainly aided him in getting the ball under control. And then he sort of puts his foot on it and with a lovely bit of skill, um, finds Jenkinson, who fizzes the ball across. Enketia with a, a little deft touch at the near post. And there was Willock again following in, showing his striking instincts once again. And um, James Benj, a friend of the show, actually tweeted at halftime about Willock really reaping the rewards from working with Freddie Lundberg and, and how he's taught him to time his runs into the box brilliantly. And, you know, you have to say, looking at what we saw today, that could well be the case. And, and if that is the case, brilliant. Means the coaching from the bottom up is really working. And, and Freddie Lundberg was certainly great at that himself, wasn't he? And then right on the stroke of half time. Um, Eddie Nketiah missed another golden opportunity, his third of the night. Um, look, I, I don't want to get onto him. I, I'm not criticizing him. I'm, I'm just disappointed for him. I'm disappointed for him more than anything because this was a real opportunity, wasn't it, to make your mark. And, and he hasn't actually scored for the first team, I don't think, since he got those two against Norwich. So, um, you know, this was a real opportunity to, to make his mark. And he... It feels like a wasted opportunity from Eddie Nketiah's point of view. And I think you could see that on his face when he was substituted later on in the game, that um, he, he was pretty disappointed with himself. Um, and then, of course, half time came. And, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but these type of games, you know, yes, they're easy to a degree. You know, you get to watch your team sort of thunder past somebody else. But for me, found it a little bit boring if I'm honest um and sounds horrible but I'm kind of glad I didn't make the trip up to Blackpool um because it is a bloody long way um and it is fucking freezing outside <laughs> I've got to say um in the second half 
Blackpool came on to us a little bit. I think after the sort of first seven to 10 minutes of the second half, Blackpool really uh, started to believe that they could get something out of this game. And I think it was the left back bowler who cut it back across the penalty area. And there was a great chance there for Nottingham. Again, Arsenal switched off defensively. Um, and, and from Ian Dark's commentary, uh, I, he was saying that Bowler started off at Arsenal and, you know, didn't quite make it and ended up at Blackpool and fair play to the guy. He looks a decent player, particularly for that level. Um, but he's not someone I knew a great deal about. Uh, in fact, I didn't even know that he was at Arsenal. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be the expert on, on Bowler, but he looks a good player for that level. And, and you know, uh, the best of luck to him in his career, of course, being an ex-Arsenal boy. And then there was another dodgy moment, wasn't there, for Petr Cech. Uh, another one of his howlers, only this time he got away with it. The ball came back to him. Not sure what he tried to do. He looked at the pitch afterwards um, as if to say it was the pitcher's fault, but it was a poor piece of control. And he put himself in the shit, basically. But there are quite a few rumours now, aren't there, gathering pace that he could be off uh, during this transfer window, Unai Emery has said that they'll sit down and discuss what is best for both parties. Uh, let me know what you think on that one as well. Tweet me at Chronicles underscore AFC. Um, is it time to let Petr Cech move on uh, to end his career somewhere where he's going to get first team football? Um, or, you know, do you share my view, which is that we don't have any other experienced goalkeepers around the club? I'm still not entirely 100% convinced that Burned Leno is better um, as a goalkeeper. He's definitely better with his feet. There's no question about that. But I'm not still I'm still not convinced, sorry, that he is a better goalkeeper overall. And so, you know, I'd be reluctant to let Czech go. I'm not sure what good there is to come from that as, as an Arsenal fan, uh, if indeed he is allowed to move on. But going back to what I was saying, you know, Blackpool were giving it a real uh, a real go. And I think Delfuenzo Del um, on the right-hand side, former Aston Villa man, he started to believe a little bit as well and started attacking us down Blackpool's right, our left, um, and, and gave us a few problems. But, you know, we were able to ride out the storm and you feel as though a team with more quality may have punished us. But that wasn't to be today. You know, you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, and I guess your level of performance will fluctuate, won't it, depending on your opponent. Uh, so uh, not going to make a big issue of those opportunities. I think we're away in the FA Cup third round, you know, cold, wintry evening. Um, Blackpool, kind of the game of their lives, given that they're in League One at the moment and welcoming the mighty Arsenal to town. You know, you expect them to, to have a little spell, don't you? You expect them to have a little period where they give it their everything. And unfortunately for them, steam ran out again, didn't it? Um, Alexander Lacazette uh, was then brought on for Eddie Nketiah. I've already mentioned that Nketiah looked disappointed in himself when he was taken off. Um, but did anyone else notice Alexander Lacazette had a bit of a black eye? Uh, I mean, did I miss something? Did he pick that up in a previous game? I'm not sure where that's come from, but he, he seemed to have a mark under one of his eyes um, uh, when he came on. And I was trying to work out, I was trying to think back to the last game, to the Fulham game. And I was thinking, did he take a knock in that game? And I don't remember. I don't know if, if he did, let me know, because I've completely gone blank on that. Um, and, and you kind of know it's a good day, don't you, as an Arsenal fan, when there's Alex Iwobi chance uh, ringing around the stadium. A player who uh, I put a tweet out about last week saying that he's got 
lots of good attributes. So I see why the manager persists with him. And I got untold abuse for that. Um, a lot of people telling me, I don't know what on earth I'm talking about. And that's fine. You know, we, it's okay to disagree. Um, but I thought that Alex Iwobi stepped up to the plate today. I thought he played really well. He made things happen. Um, eventually ended up getting his goal as well, even if it was maybe just offside. But Alex Iwobi for me um, was was one of the senior players today, wasn't he? And, and he showed that he can step up. And I know it was only Blackpool, um, a League One side with no supporters. But, he, you know, Alex Iwobi has got some brilliant skills in his locker, some brilliant tricks and flicks. We saw that again today. Um, he's got brilliant uh, energy. He's got bags and bags of desire. And for me, um, he's someone I would hold on to because I think, you know, he's on the sort of on the brink of becoming a very, very good player. Um, he is a good player at the moment, but he's on the brink of just, you know, getting over that sort of that stumbling point and becoming a really, really solid player and a really good asset to this team given our sort of limitations in the transfer market, um, you know, uh, you would hope that someone like Iwobi can step up and really improve. So um, just wanted to make that point. You know, uh, I thought he was good today. I've already touched on his goal, um, slightly offside, no doubt about it. Um, I'm not going to entertain any arguments um, in disagreement with what I'm saying, because that was as clear as day. I think they showed it on the TV a few times as well. We saw the replays. So Alex Iwobi had strolled slightly offside when Aaron Ramsey had a shot. Um, but it's the kind of thing that VAR will pick up, isn't it? When it eventually comes in. Um, so yeah. Um, then of course, Alex Iwobi ended up missing um, a, a, another opportunity and it, and really he should have scored it. And when you think about it, Arsenal probably could have probably could have had six today. Probably could have had six or seven, if I'm being totally honest. Um, that wasn't to be, but, you know, we're through to the fourth round and that's all that matters. Saka and Medley eventually got on too. It was nice to see them getting minutes. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it on, on the game this evening. But there's a couple of other bits and pieces I want to touch upon. Before I do that, I'm just going to go to the live chat. Um, big hello to those of you watching us live on YouTube at the moment. And of course, those of you listening on the audio afterwards. Um, but I'm just going to pick out a, a few comments coming through in the live chat. First one from Graham Sutherland. Uh, he says, you are hurting my head, Harry, asking me to pick between Licksteiner and Jenkinson. Both poor, but I'd have to take Licksteiner because of his shithousery. Um, that's that's fine, Graham. So you're going with Licksteiner on that basis. And, you know, I, I guess that's a a fair way of assessing it. Um, also big hello and welcome to Jalsa Donkor, who I think is his first time on the Chronicles of Aguna. I think I've just had a pop-up to say that you've just subscribed. So welcome uh, to the Chronicles family and uh, thanks for joining us. Um, and uh, yeah, he said, he agrees also. He says, yeah, both of them are a no-go. So you're stuck between the two. Uh, he also agrees that, Czech is the better keeper. Um, but I, I guess, you know, the, the thing about Leno with his feet and the way Unai Emery wants to play means that he'll always be his number one. And and I guess that's, that's okay, isn't it? Um, right. So a couple of other stories and points I want to touch on just before I wrap this video up. I know it's a short one today, um, but it is Saturday night and, and I want to get out on the town. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start off by talking about the, the, 
links this week between Aaron Ramsey and Juventus. Um, I think it, the news broke a few days ago that Aaron Ramsey had signed a pre-contract agreement with Juventus. That's not been announced yet. And as far as my understanding goes, that has not happened yet. I say yet because there are a load of credible uh, Italian football journalists who have come out and said that these links are credible. It's not nonsense. It's not one of those whirlwind transfer rumors. There is real substance to this one. And there is a good chance that Aaron Ramsey could, in fact, be on his way to Juventus. And I just want to say, you know, I've seen a lot of people sort of tweeting and stuff, you know, good riddance to Aaron Ramsey. We're better off without him. And, and I think that, that to be, to put it politely, I think that's bollocks. Um, Aaron Ramsey has been a great servant to Arsenal football club. He's not always been flavor of the month with me, but what I will say is that his attitude throughout this contract saga has been exemplary. He's got on with it. He's played, he's played well. He came into the team today, done a really professional job. Um, and, you know, a player of his experience and of his standing won't be happy starting in the second string. But Aaron Ramsey's just done it. Aaron Ramsey's just got on with it. And and for me, he should be commended for that. As for those of you who say, you know, well, why is he going to Juventus? Well, believe it or not, Juventus is a step up for Aaron Ramsey. He's going to go to a club that are going to win the Scudetto. He's going to go to a club that are very, very competitive in the Champions League, even more so now that they've signed Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, and, and, you know, with the Scudetto pretty much almost wrapped up by Christmas, like they always do, you know, they can now focus solely on the Champions League. And, you know, if Aaron Ramsey goes on and gets to the Champions League final or even wins the thing, then, you know, I'm sure he'll be happy with that, won't he? So it is a step up for Aaron Ramsey and fair play to him. You know, if he was crap, uh, like so many people are saying and so useless and worthless, then Juventus wouldn't have come in for him. And Juventus are very good at doing this. Juventus monitor the situations of certain players. They've done it for years. Um, and that's what's allowed them to compete with some of the bigger clubs in the Champions League, the clubs with more financial muscle, I should say. The fact that they monitor this kind of situation they go and they get business done early and they secure top quality signings, um, you know, for, for, for free. Um, of course, there's a big signing on fee involved when you do that, but it's still cheaper, isn't it? Than going and paying 60, 70, 80 million even uh, to prize a player away from one of your competitors. So, um, you know, I think that's a good signing for Juve if it happens. And I think it's a good move for Aaron Ramsey. And I personally wish him all the best. Another transfer rumour doing the rounds is the link of Denis Suarez to Arsenal. Denis Suarez currently at Barcelona, a, a, a very technically gifted player from what I've seen and read and heard. But again, I'd be lying if I said I'd watched a great deal of Denis Suarez. And if you say that you've watched a great deal of Denis Suarez too, you're a liar because he's only played 17 minutes in La Liga this season, I believe. Um, so he's, he's on the peripheries of this Barcelona team. He's not a starter by any means. Um, but, you know, we're not in Barca's level. We're, we're a Europa League club looking to to make our way back into the Champions League. And if Unai Emery and Sven Mislintat and co feel that Denis Suarez can add something to this Arsenal team, um, you know, and, and the money's right and, and so on and so forth, then by all means, I trust them to go out and do it. And I trust that, you know, he can add something. My only sort of reservation about it is that I'm a little bit surprised because when you look at the Arsenal squad and you look at the positions that we're lacking in, 
you wouldn't say Denis Suarez is that type of player. He's not the type of player we're missing necessarily, is he? He's a bit, he's kind of like a central midfield, attacking midfield mould. But we've got plenty of those players and I'm, I'm really surprised that the link is there. Um, but again, you know, it is January and I guess it depends what is available. You you can't always go out and get what you want. Um, and sometimes you need to just take what's available. And if Arsenal feel that that's the right thing to do, then, you know, I'll, I'll back it. Lastly, um, and just to finish off, and I know I'll probably get stick for this, but I just want to say congratulations to Cesc Fabregas. And, you know, a lot of people call him a snake and me too at the time I called him a snake. Um, I was really disappointed to see him leave Arsenal the way he did. Uh, the way he kind of held the club to ransom, um, you know, was disappointing, particularly with him being a player that I adored and a player that I had so much respect and time for and a player that I really felt attached to. But when you look at the way things unfolded in the years after that and with Robin Van Persie going as well and Sami Nasri going and so on and so forth and the club forever selling their best players, you can kind of see why these players wanted out and felt that they needed to move away to win the game's top prizes. This is a guy who has won it all, hasn't he? Fantastic, marvellous career. And despite getting sort of lots of abuse from Arsenal fans since he joined Chelsea, he's always remained classy when talking about Arsenal Football Club. He's always credited his career to Arsene Wenger. He's always praised the club. He's always spoken highly of them. So um, I just want to say congratulations to Cesc Fabregas on reaching 500 games in English football. It looks as though he's on his way to AS Monaco uh, to help his old mate Thierry Henry out, who's having a horrible time of it at the moment. So I uh, hope you can go over there, Cesc, and give uh, the king a hand because he certainly needs it uh, down in the south of France. And uh, that brings me to the end of this video. Um a huge thanks to all of you who are watching live at the moment. A huge thanks to uh, those of you listening later on as well. Um, of course, all of you are, are valued and, and you know, this channel is, is growing really well and I'm really proud of it. Of course, at the moment, the majority of our listeners are coming through the audio channels, through the iTunes, through the SoundCloud, through Acast. We're now on Spotify too, um, if that's your preferred means. But this YouTube channel has, has grown in the last few months from around about 100 subscribers to five over 500 now. So, you know, thank you so, so much uh, to those of you who have done, uh, who have subscribed, sorry, and helped that, helped us with that and helped us grow. Uh, please do hit the subscribe button. Please, please, please hit the like button too. That also helps. And uh, I'll be back next week. So until then, enjoy the rest of your weekends and uh, up the Arsenal. <laughs>